Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You, a space for sharing gold, inspiring stories with genuine friends about our faithful God. The purpose of the podcast is to uplift and celebrate His promise. He is always with us. And one of my favorite joys of hosting this show is forming friendships and having the opportunity to connect with new friends and their friends of friends. It is the best never-ending web that I am so grateful to be a part of. You might remember worship artist Margaret Penton from season two of Still With You. Her episode is number 34. She so kindly connected me with not just a friend of hers, but a member of her family, Kimberly Dindy. And friends, she is amazing. Two years ago, Chi-Town native turned Dallas, Texas local Kimberly Dindy had a vivid dream of two little kids full of joy sharing the story of the birth of Christ. As a mother herself, Kimberly loved reading books with her children when they were little, but she never considered becoming an author herself. Weeks following the significant Christmas dream, Kimberly found herself writing, and the words spilling from her heart were forming a beautiful story of adventure, love, and faith. Today on Still With You, I am honored and excited to be celebrating the release of Kimberly's first book, Luke and Lily's Christmas Wish. Fictional characters Luke and Lily are five-year-old twins who love everything about Christmas and are always excited to share the story of the birth of Christ with other children. Over the years, they've heard stories about the legend of the guardian of the angel tree and in hope that this would be the Christmas that their prayers would be answered and they would finally have an adventure to call their own. On this episode of Still With You, Kimberly shares a behind the dream look into the moments that shape Luke and Lily's Christmas wish. I love speaking with her about the writing process as a children's author, intentionally honoring diversity through literature, and the blessings that arrive with obedience when we follow God. Luke and Lily's Christmas Wish is a book you want to place on your list this season. I hope you get it, gift it, and most importantly, allow the story's message to move you. When God places a dream in your heart, He will direct your path. Please welcome to the podcast my lovely, creative new friend, children's author, Kimberly Denty. Margaret and Erin Penton are highly praised here on the podcast. And so any friend, but especially a family member, I am so happy to be connected to you. Thank you so much for making time for this, Kimberly. Oh, Coley, thank you so much for having me. And I adore my cousins. I love their family and I miss them so much. So any friend of theirs is definitely a friend of mine. Have you actually been to Daphne to see them at work, at worship? I have not. And actually, although Erin and I are first cousins, we didn't meet in person. Well, now it's probably been about maybe eight years ago or something. But we had, because he's one of the younger siblings out of his family tree. Yeah. And lived on different parts of the country until our maternal grandmother passed. That's when we, we had talked on FaceTime a lot. Not FaceTime, Facebook and all that a lot. We had never met in person. And I, we became obsessed with each other from that moment. They've been down here or over here in Texas for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And so I adore them. And I'm so glad that um, we're finally connected. Is part of the reason why you guys were so close is because you're both creative. They're so creative. I mean, since I've been connected, you are absolutely creative as well. I have a creative side to me, but as far as writing a book creative, I never really saw that coming. But 
I make them sing when they come here. Like oh. we bring out our $99 keyboard that Aaron hates because it's $99 and they just sing. We just worship and I just sing this, sing that. So I love yeah. having them here because they are just beautiful, creative people, their whole family. Next time I'm with Margaret, I need to just have my phone recording when she does that run with her voice. And I just want that to be my ringtone or anytime I get a text, I'm just like, can we just have Margaret sing all the time? Yeah. But I learned that you are originally from Chicago, yes. which I have some deep love for that city. But tell me, okay, so how long were you in Chicago? Well, born and raised, most of my family is still there. High school there, went to college right outside of Chicago. And I was there until probably like 92 or 90, maybe 91. And then I lived in New Jersey for about a year and a half. And then I moved to Texas and I've been here for about 28 years. Why did you move to Texas? What was the reason that drew you? Because that, that's from the Midwest to the to the South. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a city girl. <laughs> I'm a real like big urban city girl. Yeah. So my first husband, we were in New Jersey and then his, he worked for Exxon Corporation and they moved their headquarters here. We have this opportunity to move to Texas. And I was what? I didn't know anything about. I just pictured like the, I don't even know what they're called. Hay bales. On the, yeah. I didn't know anything about Texas and didn't want to come, but raised my kids here and been a great place. It really has. You live in Dallas, right? Outside of Dallas, I live in Grapevine. Has Dallas filled your fix for the city at all? Talk about Chicago, but I've I've heard that Dallas is is growing and it's got some cool opportunities. Does that help fill your heart for where you left Chicago? Yes, it does. I'm better now just because I'm older and a little more settled, but I used to just have to drive to Dallas just to go eat. And I still do that a lot. We spend a lot of time. I was in Dallas today and I took my mother to a museum today to see a Van Gogh exhibit. So we still, you know, do fun things like that. Yeah. What do you miss most about Chicago or or what did you love about Chicago? It's just home. It's all I knew for a very long time. And I love, miss kind of the diversity in the city. And I love just, you know, people from all over and it's just a lively, vibrant place. Um, I think it'll be hard to live there now just with the weather and just a different place now, but it's a great place to visit. Love the shopping, love the food, so much diversity in the food. Any sort of food that you're looking for, you can find. And that's still kind of hard to find in a place like Texas. But um, Texas also has a lot of great food, though. So I'm grateful for that. The one place that I remember going to that I absolutely loved and wish I could recreate every breakfast was like Wildberry Cafe. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I don't. It's a part of like the downtown area, but like it's probably really touristy. So you as a local will be like, whatever. <laughs> but to me, I loved it. I can't even imagine what that transition might be like. And in the beginning, it was. I mean, honestly, I really didn't like yeah. it. Because it's just so different and you, then you don't have really your community, the things that you're used to. But now, I mean, I love it. I mean, I've raised my children here and I'm still here. We've been in the same home for 24 years. A lot of good things have happened for us. It was a big transition, but when I go to Chicago, like I'm going next week, I still act like a tourist, do all the fun stuff. Christmas has got to be extra special for you this year with the book. Yeah. Can we dive into the book and then let's let's talk all things Christmas? Yes. You see I have on the red or you see I have on the red. Hey, I've got on red too. Like I was prepared. I've already been listening to Christmas music. I'm fully engaged in the Christmas season. Luke and Lily's Christmas Wish is your first book, correct? Yes. <laughs> 
I know that this idea kind of formed in a dream, but even before that, I know that you blog and sharing food. And that's something I should have talked about your food in Dallas and Chicago and city life. <laughs> so I know that you're a writer. I know you've been featured and everything too, which I'm going to yes. share. She eats and drinks. I feel like we need to find you before we go to a city. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I wouldn't actually call myself a writer. My children are great writers. My son has written three books. My daughter is a journalist. Yeah, an Emmy award-winning journalist. You've raised some very successful children. They're doing very well. I actually wouldn't um, consider myself a writer. My mother always encouraged me to write more. Um, My kids, for a long time, they say, you should write a book. And thinking back now... I don't know what they were talking about, like what what they thought I should write about. I really didn't know. Probably a lot of people have a desire to write a book because that's a huge accomplishment. And if you feel like you have some, something to say, it'd be great to put it out there, you know, to share it with the world. I just didn't even know what I would write about. I mean, some people have said, you know, write about parenting or kids or my story, my personal story, which I guess we may touch on too. This really started just as a dream. And when I moved here, to Texas. I moved with my husband at the time and he passed away when my, our children were five. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. Devastating, hor- most horrible thing can happen to any, anybody, especially to the, well, to me as my, my spouse, but my children as well. But despite all of that, and as horrible as that was, we were always okay. We always felt the presence of the Lord in our lives, in our hearts. And I mean, it's almost like the physical touch of his arms just surrounding you. Like immediately, we I always felt protected and loved and supported. You know, we're getting through, transitioning through this new normal for us, you know, trying to help my kids understand, you know, that they're going to be okay. And teaching them, even at a young age, as horrible as this is, you are not what happened to you? You are not the tragic things that happened in your life. We have all really felt strongly that God's got us and we're going to be okay. Yeah. Pretty much soon after this, this happened, we started a charity called Tender Loving Jammies. The Tender Loving is for my late husband's first and middle name, Terry Leonard. We were in Target and my daughter, Kennedy, she said, mommy, can I have a new pair of pajamas? No big deal. You get a new pair of pajamas. For several weeks, she wore those pajamas. Now, we washed those pajamas, but she loved those pajamas. It was something about that nighttime routine, the comfort, the coziness of the new pajamas and the things in her bed that she loved. She used to surround herself with stuffed animals. And of course, her books and her and her Bible were always you know, not far from her. And it just hit me. These are things that kids need at nighttime to feel loved and protected, feel safe. And so we started Tender Loving Jammies and we literally collected new pajamas, books, Bibles, and stuffed new stuffed animals. We had a big fundraiser one year. Churches, youth groups would donate to us. And we would go to um, like emergency shelters and transitional situations for kids. And we would package these gifts up really nicely and give them to the kids. They were all personalized. Like if this, if Tommy wore a 6T, he got a 6, I don't know if 6T is even a size. <laughs> 
I'm following. I, it was Tommy wore six. He got a pair of six yeah. pajamas and a book for his age and a Bible for his age. And we did that for several years. And there was one um, transitional home where kids have been removed from their home. And we're trying to even determine if they were going to go back to their families or back to a foster care situation. We spent a lot of time going there for Christmas and Easter and Halloween and just doing activities with them and praying with the children, sharing all sorts of stories and Easter egg hunts, decorating pumpkins and all the things that we did. I just wanted other kids who were scared at night or had something horrible happen to them feel the same sort of protection and love that my kids felt. I always hear things and all for good reason, focus on lunches and like, you know, morning routine of like getting kids backpacks and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it is very rarely that you touch on nightly routine. It's very important that we talk about. I'm so glad you're even just sharing this now that that's something that y'all did. Continue on. Well, I hadn't realized that either. It was really those pajamas, just watching her with these pajamas and then just paying more attention to what my kids needed at nighttime and then realizing how scared other children must be. And if they don't have these things that are their very own, you know, not things that were just given to them from a closet or something where people donate things, which is also a huge blessing. But we just wanted to personally let kids know this Bible has your name in it. This book has your name in it. These pajamas have been prayed over and, and we want you to know that we love you. You can be okay and teaching them about Jesus. Those are just sweet times that we have. That's what we did. And that was, and then we sort of stopped the foundation because of course, life and soccer and football and cheer and school and all the, the stuff. Without a doubt, it was for that season. Yes, definitely. It was definitely for that season. That's kind of the heart behind Luke and Lily's Christmas wish. Along with that nighttime routine, is that where you started reading together books with your kids? Well, we've always read books. I mean, just until they, I guess, didn't want me to read anymore. They were reading on their own. But even from, I mean, the time they were born, always reading, reading at nighttime, reading during the day, just always reading. That was just, uh, I mean, most parents just love that little sweet, quiet time. And this is before electronics and all that stuff. I didn't have to deal with that. But just reading with my kids is one of my um, things I love so much as a parent. My parents, they called it book fair because we spread out books that we got from the library. I'm a a 90s kid. So I had the privilege of living prior to the whole (laughs) blue light problems. Um, We called it book fair and we got to pick which books we wanted to read for that evening. And there's something about that Mm -hmm. that just, I think it grew a love of stories. Yeah. Yeah, So like you're mentioning that that whole routine and that idea is, is how Luke and Lily's story came to life. Yes, it is. So that's kind of the backstory. It's always been on my heart to do this again. Maybe my kids would take over the foundation um, and maybe one day they will. Literally one day I was just, sometimes I feel like I have these, uh, well, I know I do have these visions when I'm sleeping. Sometimes I feel like they're dreams. Sometimes they're visions. And I know it's just the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I just started dreaming and thinking about the story and all of these kids that are alone and afraid and missing being able to connect with them and spend time with them. And then slowly the Lord just kept giving me the words, these words about this angel and and all the things that you'll read about in the story. Um, The words just kept coming to me. Then I finally thought, you know, maybe this is the book. Maybe this is a Christmas story that need to share with other people. And the words just kept coming to me and I just started writing and I never felt like I was a 
especially the creative writer. Mm-hmm. I write on my food blog, but I think that was about it. It's been a long time since I've really written anything. Well, don't discredit yourself. That is art. Well, thank you very much. Something my mother tells me all the time, but you know, you just have that fear of, can I do this? Is this story good? Is anybody going to like it? You know, you just worry about things like that. You have to get out of your own head and just write and just trust that this was, you know, trusted. God trusted me with this story mm-hmm. and for a reason. It's up to me to finish it and put it out there. When you had the dream, was there something about Christmas that was sprinkled into that vision that you had from the Holy Spirit? Or how did Christmas move into the picture? The dreams were just Christmas and there was an angel and, you know, some of it, you're getting the vision, but you have to kind of tie it all together. Yeah. Always Christmas. And then I just started thinking about how much we love Christmas as a family and what a sweet and special time that is. And then also, who doesn't love a little Christmas joy, a sweet Christmas story? That's the one thing I really love about this book is that it is a Christmas story, that it's something you can pull out. I mean, of course, all year round, but every Christmas, hopefully this book will become part of, you know, people's traditions every Christmas. You pull out Luke and Lily's story and share it, you know, with your family every year. It feels like it's a little more special that way because it's a it's a Christmas book. Are Luke and Lily brother and sister or are they friends? They're twins. They're twins. Basically, okay. Kyle and Kennedy. My kid. I was wondering if they were twins. I couldn't tell, but I was like, the alliteration is there. The similarities in the face yeah. is there. Someone asked me yesterday, why didn't I name it Kyle and Kennedy's Christmas Wish? But I mean, they're 23 years old now. That that just doesn't seem right. Yeah. So it's based off of them because that's the age where right after their father died, before we started working in the foundation, it's just a sweet, I, I mean, I just look at that and can picture them and just can picture such a, just a, a sweet time, sweet age, sweet time. And of course, kids that age love yeah. Christmas and, and all that comes with Christmas. Do Luke and Lily have to walk through a conflict, either major or minor? Is there any kind of parallels between them and your kids? And I imagine, you know, that they had to walk through with losing Terry. Not in this book. I am considering something about grief with children and loss at some point, but it's an adventure. It's a story about adventure. It's just, they prayed for this adventure and their prayer came true and they got to bless these children that live in this transitional housing situation and they get to bless them with all the joys of Christmas and material things like the big Christmas tree and gifts and things like that. But then they also get to share the story of Jesus and why we celebrate Christmas. Oh, I love it. So it's just fun, an adventure, no conflict in this story. Just wanted it to be sweet. (laughs) I can't wait to read it. One of the things that you've shared And something that I hope you're okay with me asking about is something that was on your heart while you were writing is you noticed a need with specifically in children's literature and I think across the board and in many other areas of our world and life of where children need someone to identify with who look like them. You and your children are people of color. And so you mentioned that there was like limited options for you and your family in sharing books and spending that time with them. Well, just as a mother, just a Black mother, 
having Black children, you want them to be able to see themselves in their books and television programs and movies and dolls and superheroes, all of that. I think it's just important for kids to be able to see themselves in all situations and know that maybe that can be me one day. Right. It shouldn't be so foreign to have a Black child on the cover of a book. Mm -hmm. As a mother, I was always very intentional about seeking books that had children of color, but not just children of color. We Our book collection, which is still upstairs, is all sorts of, you know, characters, different nationalities, backgrounds, all of that. And I wish more families would look at it that way. Just not, you know, if you're a white mom, white child, it's only by white dolls or white books or books with white characters and the same for a black mom, black yeah. child. I think that's how we understand our differences and but realize that we aren't so different. We're yeah. all just people and kids. And and I think it's important for my children to have books of all different characters. It shouldn't be not normal to have look like that in your household. I hope that when people see this, they will, you know, not, oh, it's, you know, it's little black kids or there's a black angel in the book. And, you know, we wouldn't, why would we buy that? Well, well you should buy it, you know? Absolutely. That would break my heart mm-hmm. um, to hear that response that anyone that would even like flash through their mind, which unfortunately, I mean, it would be ignorant to say that that doesn't happen. Right. One of the blessings of your obedience in stepping out and writing a story and sharing an adventurous story about Christmas is that we get to have conversations like this mm-hmm. that surround a Christmas book, that it, it carries something even more than just a beautiful Christmas tree and a fun adventure. Like now it gets to open the door to those conversations as you're stepping forward into, you know, we were ta- kind of earlier talking about press stuff that you're doing and you're having these awesome opportunities open for you to share. Does it make you nervous to have conversations surrounding race, sharing diversity. Do you feel like you're ready for that too? No, I can talk about that all day. Our community where we live, well, I can't say it's very diverse. We're the actual minority in the community. I mean, there are other Black families, but mainly our circle is not very um, diverse. So I'm willing and and had plenty of those conversations most of last year. Uh And for that, it's just sometimes for other families that aren't Black, I think they just maybe just don't think about it. I don't yeah. think it's, a, oh, I don't want a book with the little black child on it. They just gravitate to what they know. They haven't had to be on the other shoe and not be able to find a book that has a black child on it. Now you see, if you go to Barnes and Noble or wherever, you see plenty of books like that. And I love that. But I just think people don't even think about it. And I think we should, because I think, young children, it should be normal for them to have books like this in their library. It should just not even be a thing. Like the dolls that they would have, you know, whether black and white and Asian and Native American, just let's let's bring it all in. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's what the body of Christ looks like. It's because of people like you that are literally helping with sharing and creating literature. Like we have to have literature that's created and shared in order to step forward. But you mentioned it in Proven. That's what something I was going to ask you. If we as creators are walking towards a better step in inclusion. I would love to say yes, but I don't know. Now, I know some families that are, you know, Caucasian families mm-hmm. that do seek out books 
of all different, you know, lead characters. But then I think there's still a lot of people that just don't think about it. They just aren't thinking like, oh, I should have this for my grandchild or I should have this in our library. I think it's just so common for us to pull out just a book that looks like our family. Yeah. It would be nice if you had books that look like all families. And I think that would just help your the children, help the whole family dynamic and have conversations with your children about different stories, different characters. The gift that comes along with your obedience is allowing just to have conversations about what that looks like. I don't have children, so I attend a lot of baby showers, <laughs> but I, I'd heard that a great opportunity is giving gifts, intentionally yeah. supporting artists who are taking a step forward and sharing diversity, really living out Revelations 5-9, where it talks about like every tongue, every race, you know, every na- nationality. I think that that's such an opportunity for people like myself can share it with your nieces and nephews or whatever, but you can give it as a gift when you go to a baby shower and you never know, it might change a heart or start a conversation. When I am praying personally for Luke and Lily, I'm praying that they're going to be almost in every stocking. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it either. And I feel like it's already happening. I've had a lot of people who say, I'm going to buy these and this is going to be, you know, part of my Christmas gift to everybody, or I'm buying them to share with, you know, all my grandchildren and stuff. And and these are people, um, like I said, my community is not just African-American families. And I've had um, great support from friends um, that I've known for a long time that are so excited and so excited to share these cute faces Tell me about your illustrator, the art itself. It's adorable and so sweet. And I'm following your illustrator on Instagram now, and I love their work. Her name is Abira Das, and she's actually in India. That's awesome. It's almost a day, maybe 10 and a half hours ahead of me. You've had to probably drink some coffee to communicate then on that schedule. She stays up late, but I go to bed early, but I'm up early. So we have a weekly phone call, usually about 10 o'clock central time that um, allows us to talk. It's usually kind of late for her, but she's fine. She's wonderful. I don't even know if there's a word to describe the type of illustration. Very bright in color. Even though I've just seen the cover, I can't wait to like open and go through. (laughs) But what drew you to her style of art that you're like, this is for Luke and Lily. This is what I need. Um, I did mention this earlier, but I actually wrote this story about two and a half years ago. I was having trouble with the illustrator. Like, how do you find an illustrator? I've never written a children's book before. The first drawings that I got from the person I found, I didn't like at all. Mm. I know I just realized at the time that it's just not the time because I was already running on a very short deadline. The illustrations were not even anything close to what I wanted. So this time when I picked it up again, I just started looking at other independent authors and who their illustrators were. And I just started doing a deep dive on Instagram and all that. And I just reached out to her and she was actually the first person that I reached out to. I've seen some other books that she's done with African-American children and Indian children. And I just explained to her that I wanted it it bright and joyful. And I I wanted it to be a sparkle in their eye. Joy is the word I just kept telling her. And I just, I knew that she could do it. And when I saw that first page, I just was, I was just weeping because I just couldn't believe that she made it come to life. And some of the other pages, when she'll, like, when you see the angel, oh, just blown away by how beautiful it is and more than I could have imagined. Was it similar to the vision that you had? Is it almost like you couldn't believe that it, like, 
kind of like came to pass if we could use the church word. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, and I think that's what it is because you have this vision of, you know, there's a scene of the, the angel greets Luke and Lily and she's bigger than life and glowing. I kept using all these very descriptive words um, yeah. in all the illustrator notes. And you're just hoping that she gets it. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. So it's exactly what I wanted plus a hundred. Wow. That's it. That is exactly what you'd hope for. I tell her all the time. I'm so grateful for her that I just so grateful that she was able to do this. And I can't wait to have the finished product in my hand. Finally, (laughs) I am so excited to when can our friends purchase this and put it in a stocking around the 16th. Actually, you'll be able to. Okay, great. And then um, I am having a launch party on November 22nd. That's going to be fun. So we'll definitely have all the books there and hot chocolate bar and cookies and a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about that too. Can we purchase Luke and Lily's Christmas Wish on Amazon through a website? Like how can we find it? You'll be able to purchase it on Amazon and the website will be meetlukeandlily.com. And I am just going to say it because I have heard it matters. Mm -hmm. Reviews, all of our friends, please go review the heck out of this five stars and do not settle for anything less. Thank you. (laughs) I will read them and I will, I will contact them. I'm just kidding. I would not do that, but I really, please, like you've worked so hard. I just, I want everyone to honor it, to honor this. Yes. That's a big deal reviews for authors like this. And um, I do have a small launch team that hopefully they're going to do what they said they would do and and read it and give an honest and well thought out review. That will be fun. But yeah, I just want people to buy it and read it and share it. And I just want it to bring like joy and love and happiness. Really, that's truly all I want is just for people to to read the story and think, oh, they're so cute and they're so fun and look at how they're sharing about why we celebrate Christmas and the birth of Jesus. That's just my hope for this book. Well, I have no doubt that it will be everything and more. It's like Ephesians 3.20. You didn't ask for this. God asked you to do this. Same with Tender Loving Jammies. Every sacrifice that you've had to walk through, without a doubt that he is going to use this in ways that we can't even imagine. And I'm just grateful for people like you who step out in obedience. Like this is your first book. This is so brave. So selfless when people write a children's book because it's not about them. I admire that. Thank you. I just am curious, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? Do you guys do anything fun? Because I know this Christmas got to be big because you could literally are here and it's got to be so much fun. And, but like, do you have a favorite Christmas tradition that you love? Well, you know, things are different now because my husband and I in the house and um, there are no kids here anymore. Our previous favorite Christmas traditions were like Christmas music, baking cookies and doing all the baking and making reindeer food, sausage balls on Christmas morning, all those fun things. It's just decorating the tree. And I always tell my family, you know, they ask what you want for Christmas, just peace, love and happiness. I just want everybody around and I just just want to just feel so joyful. So about four years ago, we started feeding the homeless on Christmas morning. And it was one of those things where our kids were, so maybe they were in college then. I love celebrating, you know, with older kids still Christmas morning, but I just, they were still getting so much. (laughs) 
And I just thought we need to do something for somebody else before we sit here and just indulge this way. And so we started making breakfast tacos and we get up early in the morning and we just drive to downtown Dallas and we pass out breakfast tacos, like a couple hundred breakfast tacos, like Margaret May helped me make them one year. Did she make empanadas too? She made them later for us. Yes. (laughs) Some of the homeless people, they've kind of remembered us too. Oh, you're the taco people. And we didn't get to do it last year because of COVID. And my husband doesn't know it yet, but we are going this year. He listens to this. He's going to find out. He's going to have to start stocking up on supplies. We're stocking up on the hand sander touch. I have a little a little idea in my head about how we can do it safely and all that. But just the two of us, because my daughter won't be home Christmas. My son and his wife will be. But yeah, I just we can do it on a smaller scale. But that is really one of my most current. Again, it's just about... So grateful and so blessed with everything I have and everything, you know, God has given me before I can accept my gifts and things. I just need to give back in some way because there have been some cold, rainy Christmas mornings we've been out there. And I just can't imagine Christmas being on the streets like that without your family. And there's so many stories out there for the unhoused. So that's really my current favorite Christmas tradition. That is the sweetest thing. Like, I know that we've only known each other for a few minutes. You seem so strong. I love how you're taking all of the abilities and gifts that God gave you service and your creativity and your voice, your great taste for foods and sharing. And you're just like, God, you can have it all. I'm so glad for that, Kimberly. Oh, thank you so much. Serving others. That's just always been very important to me. And I've always wanted to teach my children that and the people around me that you just have to give back. Sometimes over so overwhelmed with how God has blessed my life in the middle of all the stuff that has happened. Mm-hmm. I'm so fortunate right now. My, um, I remarried about 13 years ago yeah. and we blended a family together. And now we have, you know, five adult children that are out on their own and we're getting to enjoy an empty nest life. Although we love them so much, God has just blessed me and my husband and all of our children. And for me, it's just hard to accept that without continuing to serve others and, you know, be the light for somebody else. I do want to ask you the final question, but you mentioned your kids and I hope you're okay with me asking about this, but I know my people on the podcast will love hearing this detail. Your son, Kyle got to participate and lead and help with a Sunday service, like the Kanye West Sunday service. Um, Can we talk about that? I mean, my people will love knowing that Kyle was a part of that. That is the coolest thing. I don't think I'm connected kind of to anybody who's been a part of that. So I'm like, dang, that is so fun. That was amazing. It's just all God too. You know, Kanye's people just reached out to him and Oh, that sentence, Kanye's people just... Yeah, I know. But that's just how it happened. We're all like, what? Like, what? What is happening? And we did a smaller one before they were really publicizing them. And they called him again and asked him to come out to Houston to Lakewood Church. And his feet... Actually, she was just his girlfriend at the time. And Kennedy and I, we got to go to Houston and see it. It was incredible. It was so beautiful. He opened the show with the spoken word and then got to worship for the rest of it and see 70,000 people. I don't remember how many people in that stadium was. Oh, it it was huge. I was watching videos. It was huge. And just see just so many. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's one of those unforgettable, unforgettable moments. And to see your son up there opening the show, people don't even know, you know, Uh who he is and still don't know who he is, but yes, 
pretty remarkable. But it's moments yeah. like that of where you are in your pajamas reading bedtime stories that builds the men and women of the Lord, you know, to those mm-hmm. moments when Kennedy's doing her thing and sharing the news mm-hmm. and, and serving people in that way. I'm like, to ter- take it back to Luke and Lily, that's why those moments matter. And so you're doing such a good job. Can't applaud you enough. You. Very blessed, um, very fortunate. I just can't say it enough. I just very grateful. The name of the show is called Still With You, and it comes from Psalms 139.18. It just says, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Yes. I ask all my friends, and so Kimberly, I'll ask you, and you can answer however you choose. Where is God still with you? He's always with me. He has never left me, even when I'm trying to control the narrative of my life, of Luke and Lily's Christmas wish, of my children's life. (laughs) He's always with me. And I know that when I do get in those moments of, I think I got this, I'm going to figure it out. I know that all I have to do is turn my face, my heart back to him, going to be there to help me figure out what's next. Mm, it's so good. Congratulations. Thank you so much for making time for me. I, I love that I got to be a part of your press release and week and everything. Yes. Can you please come back? I'm so glad that our paths are connected. So anytime, I mean, I just like to keep an open door to friends, but especially okay. if you write a second book or just anything that's happening on, you know, she eats and drinks, please come back to still with you. Cause this has been so fun. I would love that. This has been amazing. You are amazing. And thank you for making me feel so comfortable when your excitement about looking Lily's Christmas wish and sharing their story. I'm just very happy to know you. You're my first children's author. So like, it's an honor. And so I'm like, I am thrilled. The excitement is genuine. I'm really glad that our past connected and Merry Christmas, by the way, like, I'll just say, I I haven't said it yet this year. Merry Christmas. I know this is going to be the first time. Merry Christmas, Coley. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Kimberly. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Oh my goodness, Kimberly, isn't she incredible? I absolutely love this conversation, every single second of it. It has increased my excitement for the holiday season. I especially love sharing moments with friends and speaking about things that matter, like the story of Luke and Lily's Christmas wish. I sincerely hope you get the book, gift of the book, have a moment with your people, reading it, sharing it with a friend. I love Kimberly's obedience. I love her dreams. And this book is going to be a great addition to your library. Grab a copy of Luke and Lily's Christmas Wish right now through Amazon. And please connect with Kimberly. You can find her on social media at KMDendy. Slide into her DMs or leave a quick comment to thank her for speaking on the show. And if you need help in finding a way to connect with Kimberly or purchasing Luke and Lily's Christmas Wish, you can find all of the links and more items that we mentioned on the this episode through the show notes page on my website, coleybrowning.com. If you also need to reach me, you can use the website as well for this. Please shoot me an email or you can always DM me through social media. My handle is Coley Browning. I would love to hear from you, pray with you any way that I can encourage you. I want to be there. Before we wrap up this week's episode, I want to remind you that there are only two episodes left of season four of Still With You. And I have loved every single second 
spent with you. I mean, have we not accrued the best guests and friends on the planet through this podcast? If you are looking for more episodes like this, cue them up wherever you are streaming. Annually, I believe it's important to rest, reflect, recalculate according to what God's plans are for me. And I love to take the month of December through mid-January to pray and plan for next season. There are only two episodes left of the show. The last one will air on Tuesday, November 30th. And then I would love to meet back with you here mid-January 2022. I just want to be transparent and give you a little heads up of what to expect. More information on that to follow. But until then, I just want to thank you again for taking a moment out of your week to come hang with Kimberly and I. I also want to give a quick shout out to our incredible friend, folk indie artist Gabrielle Grace from Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to her song, We'll Be Alright, from her latest EP. If you have not already spun that track, make sure you do. She is incredible. You can connect with her through her website, gabriellegracemusic.net, or you can find her on social media. Her handle is Gabrielle Grace Music. I can't wait to see you all back here next Tuesday. Until then, be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you.